You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. I'm Malia Lee, and I am joined today with my co-hosts, Pastor Matt and Pastor David. And today we are talking about the goals of discipline and then also some discipline strategies. So... Uh, Matt, do you kind of want to lay the groundwork here? Yeah, I, I'd be happy to. You know, we, we just, we've been working in our, our series on parenting, Not for Cowards, and we got to this week on, on authority and discipline and how we need to train kids in honor and obedience, and we said authority and discipline are kind of our number one um, tool in, in training kids up, uh, and we said it's really critical. It's critical that we teach kids about why they need to honor and obey us as parents because that's a picture of what it will be like when they honor and obey God and we're their first lesson in that. So this is really important and we have got to be as parents really good at discipline. Um, And you guys, I mean, you guys as parents know that, what happens when you're lax on discipline. Uh, You know what happens when you're harsh with discipline. Uh, And and you know how much better it is when you're right on uh, where you should be. And so we just want to talk about some strategies and some reasons for it, some goals of it, and then talk a little bit about how we do it. So, Perfect. Uh, I just, goal number one for discipline, we talked about this Sunday, but I think it's worth mentioning, is that we um, drive out folly and replace it with knowledge. Proverbs twenty two fifteen says, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. Um, And so I think there's one thing that's true about discipline is that it helps us move kids away from being, can I say, from from being stupid, (laughs) right? I mean, is that, kids do stupid all the time, I mean, I would have to agree with you. (laughs) Well, David, do your kids do stupid ever? Always. Okay, fair enough. Um, And and I want to be clear about what we're talking about. We say drive out folly. We're not talking about them making mistakes. Right. Um, folly is different than mistakes. Folly is different than goofiness. Folly is rebellion. And I think we want to be clear because we don't discipline kids for making mistakes. We discipline kids for sin. And there are two kinds. This is, this is something we just need to understand. There are two kinds of sins that kids commit or, or I guess two kinds of rules that they break. You know, one is they break God's rules just like we do. That mm-hmm. has to be disciplined. That's sin. Two, though, I think a lot of times... Kids break house rules, and those are things we're not going to find in the Bible. You're not going to find a house rule in the Bible. Sure. Um, it's something we as parents put on them to keep them safe, right? We say, hey, stay inside the fenced yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you don't read in the Bible to not play in the street, but we know that playing in the street is a bad idea. So we set it up as a house rule. And a house rule, when a kid breaks a house rule, um, that's sin too because it's disobedience to their parents and that's sinful. And so we need to deal with those. Not mistakes. If they spill the milk, you know, they're human, right? right? We're all human. That's part of our brokenness. But if they actively rebel against a rule or a command, then that needs to be disciplined. Sure. So so, so I think a running theme through a lot of these is going to be, and this one, it's really important to state it, is you can't drive out folly in your children through discipline if you are blatantly allowing folly to be seen in yourself um so what you know when you think about that it's it's you know you can't kid here's the thing i find interesting my kids aren't extremely old yet i mean well nine nine and seven it amazes me how they're getting to that age where they can call me out on things 
like you know <laughs> so I, I think i gave this once at another podcast where you know i like to i used to like to say things to my kids that of course they weren't true but you know we were you know playing tricks you know i like to play tricks on them and do stuff like that or i'll say things and and, and you know in, in the past they'd be like oh what you know and they get all kind of worried about what i'm saying and now they're to that age where it's like <laughs> you're lying <laughs> right so you know as a, as a as a father i at first i had this response of kind of like oh yeah but but then it's just like wait a minute if i'm if i'm truly going to treat treat teach my children to live with truth I can't blatantly be like, well, I'm just playing. That's play right. line. You know, so it's, it's kind of right. like this idea of, of the best way to train and discipline your children in driving out folly is to ensure that you're also driving it out of yourself because kids are very – kids, we don't give them the credit they deserve. They can pick out hypocrisy very fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's important for us to understand as parents, it's, it's, it's wrong of me to drive out folly in my children, but not expect the same standard or expectation upon myself. Well, and it's wrong to assume that that's going to create anything worthwhile in them. They might toe the line because it's easier for them, but they're not going to internally digest that. I think, I, I think, you know, you're being gentle and kind to us as parents. You're like, oh, when you play lie to your kids and that's the example you use. But, but you know what, when I'm getting drunk as a parent, Right. And I tell my kids that alcohol is bad for you. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When, when I text and drive as a parent um, and I mm, tell my kids, yeah. better not text and drive, that's dangerous. When I sleep around as a parent and I tell my kids, hey, sex is reserved for marriage, like those are things. Well, we put that as a – I think we put that as a as – a, a, like I'll talk to them when they get to that age. Like I don't need to talk to my kids about texting and driving until they're driving. But it's like – but they're seeing that while yeah. they're five, six, seven, eight, nine. You know, so that's where, you know, we, we kind of treat it that way. Like, yeah. well, I'll, I'll put that into your life when you get to that age. Um, but they've it, seen me do it for years and years. Yeah. Language is another one. Oh, yeah. Like, like I, yes. I mean, the language that we use um, and all of a sudden kids start using, we're like, you can't say that. Yeah. Well, I'm, you, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's like the, the show The Christmas Story, right? Where did you learn that word when <laughs> yeah. <laughs> learned yeah. it from the dad, Or the right? back to school special. I right. learned it by watching I you, dad. I learned it dad. by watching you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, so, so I mean, that's a great point, David, that, that folly is bound up in the heart of an individual, um, right? And it's our job as parents to, to drive it out of our children and replace it with knowledge. But that starts at home, and, and that was a point we made Sunday. If it's not going well for you as a parent, one of the first things you have to do is look at yourself. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll challenge even a, a bigger point of folly when you think about this. Is, and I think it's great. Here, here's the deal. I think it's great when parents for whatever reason, fine to bring their kids to church and, and to, cause you, but I'll hear parents say things like this. Well, I, I want my kid to be in church because I want them to, you know, know faith or I want them to know Jesus and I want them to do this. And then you go home and you got the same parent. Yeah. If they're not, they're not diving into it, it. they're yeah. not, they're not trying to learn. They're not in the Bible. They're yeah. not, you know, it's like, again, you're, you're giving hypocrisy to your child and that's folly. It's you're setting them up with, with a false reality of how this works. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we kind of make ourselves feel better, right? Like, I want my kids to know Jesus. So I'm going to bring yeah. them to church. But I'm not going to do what I have to do to have them know Jesus in the home. Right. And I'm not going to have them see the priority right. he is to me. And I'm not going to do these things. And, and, and what's the end game for that? I think a lot of times when people say that, it's more of a because I want them to be a good person. And they think that this is the way to do that. Yeah. Well, but they're not actually really understanding why you know yeah and that goes back to our number one goal as parents and we've said it every week during this series um, our number one goal is not to raise um, responsible nice good 
kids. Our mm-hmm. number one goal is to raise uh, to raise adults that are dependent on God and love yeah. Jesus. And that more other than stuff will come. Else. Then that's just a, a byproduct. And, and that's what that's part of what discipline does is we drive out folly. Um, it, it teaches self-discipline, right? And so part of what we understand as parents is the more we discipline our kids to drive out folly, the more we actually are teaching them how to be free from mm-hmm. our control. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, because then they don't need us to hover and they don't need us to, but they've developed self-control. And so that's, yeah. it's just so critical. So, so goal number one is, is to push out folly and, and to, to replace it with knowledge. Okay. So uh, the second goal of discipline is peace in the home. Yeah. Proverbs twenty nine seventeen, discipline your children and they will give you uh, peace. They will bring you the delight uh, you desire. And so I think we all can agree that when we are in a home with no discipline, <laughs> that it is anything but peaceful. That's why shows like Nanny 911 <laughs> or um, Wife Swap or some of those things that yeah. were so popular for a while, maybe they still are, I don't know, but but because when there's no discipline in a home, it is complete and total and utter chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys ever watch... Um the, what is it? The Goldbergs? Is that the show? Yes. That, yes. That's a funny show. Um, I, you know what? I've never watched that like as it comes out, but I've seen right. reruns of it, uh-huh. um, and it, it does make me smile. It just um, reminds me a lot of, not necessarily my childhood, but just <laughs> of, you know, the 80s and, and being in friends' homes. And yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to piggyback again the thing I, I said before for the first thing, it, it, the responsibility back on us with this. So... Uh, an example to kind of think about this is if there's not peace and don't get me wrong, we're all going to struggle with stuff. We're going to have moments where, you know, chaos or whatever of life, but my lack of peace as a parent is going to be poured out into my child. Uh, so if I'm not disciplining myself to be at peace with, with different things. So an example I want to put out to parents, because I've seen this a lot of times over, you know, my lifetime and even ministry is, you know, so not not I'm gonna use this example. So not just to highlight this situation, but example would be those from a divorce situation, especially if it's a difficult one and a hard one, and, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of hurt feelings there, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of issues there for either of the spouses. One of the most unfortunate things to ever see is uh, when the, the the struggle for inner peace for the parent is so blatantly not there that they're spewing out their own stuff into their child. And then you see that in the child. All right. It's like the child picks up on that. The child, you know, and we all have to, so if I have a bad day at work, right. My, I I need to bring my, I need to come still with peace of, of in the home. I'm, I'm disciplining myself to bring my kids don't need to deal with my issues in the home when it comes to that. I don't want to, I'm also not one of those that says you got to hide everything from your kids. You know, I think there's times where you have really blatant conversations and you need to talk about stuff. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I don't need to be the source of chaos in my own lack of discipline for me. And then expect it from my kids. Like, I can't be there like, you're stealing my peace. But I also ask, is it possible that I'm not disciplining me and I'm stealing the peace of my mm-hmm. child too because I'm, I'm pouring that into them? So, so it's a, kind of vice versa. You know, we kind of... Um, we got to be really careful with that, you know, not expecting a, a something from them that we right. are, again, well, cause doing Well, because I think us. sometimes, I know in the last small group I was a part of uh, was a marriage small group. And, you know, of course, you come into the subject of kids. Um, and, and just that sometimes I think we worry so much about our kids not liking us. And 
how stupid is that? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, well. you know, but, but it's, it's just in us still for some reason. We want our kids to like us, obviously. We want to, you know, but, you know, how does that, what well, does that look like? Yeah. And, and there and still I, has to be that discipline. That balance. Yeah. You have to have that. And I think it, it is, it is um, it's foolishness to think that um, things will be peaceful and calm if I let kids have their way. Right. And I know why it happens, right? Right. It's uh, just easier sometimes. Well, it, it, I mean, I'm well, guilty of it Well, it's easier sometimes, but never yeah. in the long run. Right. Right. I'm in this moment, and, and I, I've told the kids no, mm-hmm. um, and they start whining and complaining and fighting and crying and things. And, and I or think texting. to myself, if I would just give them what I want— I'm sorry, if I would just give them what they want, they would stop crying and stop fighting and it would be fine. Right. Right. If I would let them go to sleep uh, watching TV instead of shutting the TV off. And, but, but yet we're smart enough to know and enough people have tried it and found out that it doesn't work, that that doesn't create peace. It maybe creates a second of peace, but it creates a right. home full of turmoil uh, because there are things you can't budge on. And you've trained up your kids that if they complain enough, then you'll give in. And yeah. so, so yeah, if we want peace in the home, discipline must be uh, part of what we do. When we think about our kids, I just, as I was thinking about this, it, how many times do you hear things? And I've probably even said this, you know, like I got a short fuse on this or you're pushing my buttons. You know, one of the things that I think is interesting that I need to understand as a parent is if I have that issue with my kids, my kids are going to pick up on the buttons to push as the parent. It's my job. Okay. Then work with God to allow him to, reconfigure the buttons right if i i can't use that as an excuse you know like i got a short fuse on this no i'm the one that determines my fuse i'm the one that determines what buttons i allow to affect me so if my kids are able to do that to me and don't get me wrong my kids do at times i have to put the responsibility (laughs) back on me i do have a long drive and there's gonna be i i'm working on the button configuration right now well Uh, and and I, i think i think david one of the things that 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 gets into too is 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 ways that we discipline that are just completely ineffective and, and so um that you know that's part of part of what we have to talk about today here too is is what are the effective discipline strategies but when you discipline out of your own frustration there's no effectiveness there no. and so we we have no. to be real careful about because that. the point of just and then the next point is when i do that i'm not disciplining because i'm doing it for their benefit i'm doing it to right. ease my frustration right. or to be works. right Yes. You know, I, I think win. for me, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I've found myself there many times where um, I, I've just been so angry about something. And if I actually take the time to step back and, and think about it for a little bit, it, my initial reaction seems a little bit over the top. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. We don't know what that's like. <laughs> so, so. All right. Number three. So that it will go well with them. Yeah, I mean, this is that, that's pretty ethereal, right? Does, right? It'll go well. But that's the right. promise in Scripture, that, that blessings flow from obedience. And so uh, Proverbs 3, the first couple of verses, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. And the issue there is just, look, when, when we discipline our kids and we teach them to walk in what's right, that we are smart enough to know that that will cause it to go well with them. You know what? If they, if they do what we put in front of them and they grow and they've been disciplined and they, and and they learn, then they're not going to be in trouble with their bosses. They're not going to be in trouble with the law. They're not going to be causing grief and strife in their families and marriages. And it'll just go well because they've learned these things, but they only learn them through discipline. So discipline absolutely helps it go well. All right. Number four, 
um, to bring hope. Yeah, Proverbs nineteen eighteen. We talked about this one on Sunday too. This is one of the main ones that we dealt with. Discipline your children, for in that there's hope. Don't be a willing party to their death. Um, and that sounds so. Yeah, the the NLT version I thought was a little bit rough too. Yeah, something about ruining their lives. Yeah, don't or ruin their lives. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, ouch. Um, it is. This is a significant <laughs> thing, though, right? Yeah. Because when we don't discipline children, because we we want to be nice to them in the moment, or we want to take the easy way out in the moment, we are a willing party to their death. We ruin their lives because, listen, an undisciplined life is a life that. Uh, it just ends up in total chaos. I mean, you guys know, right? I mean, you know adults that are completely undisciplined. And you know what their lives look like. Mm-hmm. And you know where they end mm-hmm. up. And then on top of that, we think about from spiritual matters. If you've never learned to be disciplined, if you've never learned to respond to authority, then how are you going to respond to Jesus? And, I mean, that's an eternal death. Yeah. So, so in the short term and the long term, as a parent, we have got to teach our kids discipline because it brings hope, temporal and eternal hope. Yeah, it's not just how they behave when you think about as As we're talking about this, what's going through my head a lot is a lot of the fruit of this one I don't think is going to be seen until later on in life. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it feels a little bit more like behavior modification right now. Y- yeah. yeah, I mean, and w- when I think about this one, it's, it's kind of like, you know, uh, there are certain things I want to invest in my kids and discipline in my kids that I probably won't see the fruit of until they're maybe in their 20s or 30s or, you know, even later than that. Because, you know, I, th- I think about things as, and we might not think about this as parents. We talked about this in the last podcast, I think it was just even how teaching our kids how to treat money. You know, it's like, uh, you know, investing in them now to understand instant gratification is not because someday when they're in their 20s and 30s, I want my child not to come to me and be like, I'm drowning in debt. Yes. Or or <laughs> I don't want my kid to be coming to me every other day because mm-hmm. something happened at their home that they own. I, we can't afford to pay for it because we got all of our money wrapped up in this these toys or this stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and so that's what I'm saying. This one's a little bit we're, we're going to see fruit of it all throughout their lives but i think we have to have patience to understand that a lot of the stuff that we do today we're not going to see the fruit of this probably for for a while and as parents we have to have the patience to say okay i get that and i understand that and i don't need to be instantly gratified by oh my you're the perfectly behaved child that's what i'm looking (laughs) for that's what i want it's like no uh i'm gonna see the fruit of this someday down the road um when it really, when it, not saying it doesn't matter now, but when it really matters to the direction of your life. Mm-hmm. So it's funny you're talking about that, and one of the things that we try to drive out of kids, right? The folly that we try to drive out and replace with wisdom is the need for instant gratification, right? We're trying to teach kids that they don't. Which is hard right now. Well, it is, <laughs> but you know what? But 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 <laughs> but what David's saying is makes perfect sense. Is as parents. We also need to have the view of, like, yeah. this isn't about instant gratification. Yeah. This is about long-term uh, investment. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, yeah, it makes yeah. so much sense when you say it that way. But in the heat mm-hmm. of the moment, I think, well, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and just last thing, just with this point, is as parents also, this is why it's so important when we have younger children, grandparents even with younger children, um, really pour in investing in them in the, dis- the, the discipline of worship and church yes. and being yes. here and being active and, and seeing it because again, you might not see the fruit of it, but it's like someday, you know, you're, you're going to see that played out. So yeah. we, we can't, you know, I'll just be really blunt about it. It's, it's, 
I get it. There's going to be times where you, there's other things that are come up on a Sunday or on a Wednesday. And Matt, you've talked about this before. And there's going to be times where, yeah, like, okay, you can go do that. But at the same time, church, God, Christ, priority, right? Yeah. Because I'm investing in the long haul. I'm investing that I can have confidence that when I'm dead and gone, my children are still striving to serve Jesus and they're following and chasing after him. Yeah. I don't have to put that into a, I hope. It's a, no, I invested while they were young. Yeah to make that part of their lives. And I think our attitude with that goes a whole long way, too, because I, I think of people I've talked to who have said, you know, their parents were super involved in the church, but it was always very, like, strivy and to they cross things off of, off of the list. Yeah, and They so, complained, like, like oh, yeah. we got to go to do this again, or we got to do that yeah. again. And it's like, well, what does that teach kids? Yeah, so, yeah. man, our hearts... <laughs> That it's huge, and Go kids ahead, say soak it. up. You know you every- want to say it. Yep, check your hearts, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but kids, they soak up everything, and they see things and hear things, and I think just deeply, um, kind of internalize those things. And we have no clue, because yep. you know, you think back to your own childhood and the things you remember about, you know, your, um, if you were in the church or not. But yeah, it's easy to look back and and think about places where, oh, this should have been different and that should have been different. But, yeah. I mean, it's stuck. I mean, for me, it's stuck with me, and so I know those things yeah. now. So, Yeah. I, I, I never, my parents never did this, honestly, and I can honestly say that. But I've been in cars when this happened. I'll give you an example. This is when you leave church, right, and you, and you get in the car, and you're in the back seat, and the parents start, like, ranting about whatever they didn't like. And, yes. and I, I think even as parents, we didn't realize, like, like, there's no invisible wall between the front seat and the back seat. This is an example sometimes. <laughs> yeah. that we can leave, and something yeah. maybe happened, or we didn't agree with something, or or we got to be careful. Those ears pick yes. up so much. There's so many times when I have to tell Scott, I'm like, you know what? This is a conversation for later, <laughs> because they, they hear everything. Yeah. They really do. So. I think, you know, we talk about this. There are two, so some strategies for discipline. There, there are two active ways that we, well, I shouldn't even use the word active because that's one of the strategies. <laughs> yeah. There are two ways that we discipline. Two forms two of forms. discipline. There you go. One of them is, is we actively do something. And the other one is, is kind of we, we passively um, put some things in place. Um, and so I think it's, it's important for us to know the difference. Um, when we actively discipline we are getting up and getting involved and we're doing something when we passively discipline it's where we let natural consequences take place i am a huge believer in natural consequences <laughs> um for example aubrey you know i have to beg her uh when we go soccer to play soccer and it's it's out at tuma and it's 40 degrees and the wind chill it's probably like 25 and it's crazy and i'm like aubrey you need a hat you need gloves you need to put on some leggings you need to get ready for this nope 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 i just i want to wear shorts and i want to wear my shirt because i'm more comfortable in those I'm like you know what at some point in time i'm not fixing that for you let's go and you will freeze and yeah. i don't have to discipline you um the weather will do it for me <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, I think there are times when we, when we passively discipline our kids just, yeah. just in, in common sense. It reminds me of the Cubs game the boys went to. Right. Like we, and they froze. <laughs> they getting, froze. I'm getting the image because I go to those soccer games, not your, but for my daughter. I'm getting the image of, of, of her literally like blue. <laughs> and, and somebody wanting to help her. Matt's just like, yeah, leave Smurfette alone. She's learning. Learn <laughs> She's, a lesson. She's learning. No, but, yeah. but I mean, so I think passive discipline works yeah. at times. Mm-hmm. But, but I think all too often parents 
prefer to sit back and say, well, you know what? They'll figure it out. They want to be passive when they need to be active. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but there's, there's some, a fine line for there sure. There is. And there are some dangerous things that we do, though, in the name of discipline that don't work. And I think we, we need to recognize these and why they can be dangerous. Uh, counting. Counting is really dangerous. <laughs> um, I mean, I get it. I used to count with my kids. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and... and it just doesn't work. It, well, I mean, here, the, the problem the problem is that that it teaches that obedience can be delayed until mm-hmm. the very last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't thought and, of it that way before. And, and one of the things we know we want is immediate, first-time, cheerful obedience. And so it's not a matter of do it before I get to three. It's a matter of, you know what, you need to respond. And I know that might sound harsh. But we need to teach kids cheerful, first-time, immediate obedience because mm-hmm. we need to know that as adults. When God comes in uh, with clear direction in our lives, we need to respond not when uh, we feel like, okay, I've waited to the last possible minute, not when I'm laying on the deathbed, not after I've had my fun, right. but cheerful, first-time, immediate obedience. So I, I'm not a big fan of counting, but I also see there's a way you can use counting to actually teach about God. And, and here's how, what I mean by that. Um, my biggest frustration with anybody that counts is, uh, again, if you do what it. What happens when they get to two? Well, no, it's not, it's not that. It's the, um, I've seen parents do this so often. Okay, so your kid's acting up, right? And you look over and you're like, one, two, and then they quit and you go back to doing what you're doing. And then they, they go back to doing something again. And one, two, it's this <laughs> constant cycle of one, two, sure. and, and I, or three, however you go to. And I told my wife, we don't count. We never really have. I mean, there's been some times I'll be like, you know, it's not a, like a normal. But I always told her, I said, listen, if we're ever going to go that route, they get like five for the day. <laughs> Meaning, they're, let's say in the morning they're doing something they shouldn't be doing and we get to two. And you then two hours later, they're doing something else they shouldn't be doing. We're not going to one. We're at three, <laughs> right? Like so, it. so it's like this. It's like that's, you, a, it's, that's a lot of remembering you know. that has to happen. There. You're like, what number was I at again? <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> but the reason I say that is because when I say it, it can teach us a lot about God is, is I agree with you, God expects immediate obedience. But then if we look at the Old Testament, we see over and over again, God, I'm, I'm warning you. I'm warning you. Ooh, yeah. I'm warning yeah. you. This is coming. This yeah. is coming. And, and, and you have to be very intentional to teach that to your children through sure. counting. But we're not doing them any favors when we just continually count and start over. And we well, never get to the, I warned you. Well, here's and the also, outcome. also, discipline must be preceded by instruction and, and, and teaching. Um, and there, there has to be there. So it's like, one, two, like, you know, let's have a conversation about what's happening here and yep. what you're doing and what. So we have to be real careful about that. The other one, and, and counting can kind of fit in this, but it's something that, that I know some parents that they do this. And um, I think I, when I'm not careful, have a tendency to do this. It's nagging. Yeah. Right? Uh, first of all, nagging is just never fun, right? It, it just, it, it, it it's almost torture for the person that you're nagging. I mean, we know that if we nag one another that, that it's just, oh, it's grating and it wears on us. But when we do it to kid, I think it provokes them to anger. And Ephesians clearly says, don't provoke your children to anger. But the other thing is, is nagging is, look, I either have authority over you or I don't. Mm-hmm. I nag when I don't have authority, but I want something, mm-hmm. right? So I may nag somebody to do something that I want, 
um, to do me a favor or to help me out or to do whatever. But if I have authority over somebody, then you know what? It's just as simple as me saying, here's the direction. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's the expectation. Yeah. So I think nagging as parents, if we nag our kids, um, we're robbing ourselves of the authority that we're supposed to have and we're teaching them something that, that shouldn't be. And I think if we find ourselves nagging, it's time to time out. Let's think about this for a second. Nagging again is that thing that we do to make ourselves feel better. Right. Like I'm frustrated and I'm going to keep talking because I'm mad or I'm whatever. Well, I'm going to keep spewing it out, spewing it out. Well, and I'm going to follow you around the house and you're going to hear me. And then you're going to hear me as I walk through the halls and I'm going to keep going back to it because I'm well, still frustrated. It's and, like and I'm just of, trying to make myself feel better. Part yeah, of time I never when do we that nag, at all. No, not, a, not ever. No. When we nag, sometimes it's because we've been unclear. Yeah. I think when I nag my kids, it's like, I, I've, okay, so st- stupid, simple example about, you know what, you need to go put your laundry away. You need to put your laundry away, mm-hmm. right? Um, I can't tell you how many times um, I say, hey, sometime today I want you to put your laundry away. And then That's a big window. At the end of the day, the laundry <laughs> hasn't been put away. And I'm like, hey, did you put your laundry? You know, and, and so then I start to nag them about, the, have you done your laundry yet? Have you put it away yet? No. I, well, I said sometime today. Like, look, be specific, right? Tell them what I want them I'd to say, do. I want you to go do this right now. I, mean, I that, want you to do it before 2 o'clock. Would that be when you... that calendar date's done, 24-hour <laughs> period from that so, moment? I, I, mean, I, mean, that's pretty... <laughs> I think sometimes I find myself nagging because I've been unclear. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other one that's really a terrible parenting tactic um, is negotiating. <laughs> like it's fine yeah. to negotiate with your kids when it's not about authority, right? Where we're just having a conversation and they're like, well, I'd rather have spaghetti for dinner. Well, I'd rather have this. Well, how about if we, okay, what, that's not a, a thing, but, but when you're negotiating with them about a direction or about, um, discipline, that's problematic, right? Mm-hmm. Because again, it puts us on the wrong level. God doesn't negotiate with us. Yeah. God doesn't negotiate with us. He says, this is right. Do it. This is wrong. Don't do it. Pursue holiness because I'm holy. Like, you know, we have so many people in, even in this congregation, but as a church as a whole, um, you know, in this nation for sure, that want to negotiate with God. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's all we want to do. That's the, we have entire denominations and churches that are rewriting what scripture says and what it means because we want to negotiate. Because, well, it doesn't feel good if we say that. It feels good if we say this. So, God, we're going to, we, we're nego- and it's like, no, no, no. God doesn't negotiate with us. He's clear. Mm-hmm. We, we need to teach our kids that that, that doesn't work either. Um, and last, rewarding is, I like rewards, um, but rewards should be spontaneous. Mm-hmm. And rewards are for um, things that you've done well, not to bribe you to do well. Right. We got to be so. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know what? If you don't yell in the store, I'll buy you a cookie. Like, well, that's. I mean, you know, that's pretty um, ineffective strategy. Uh, but you know what? Like, hey, that was the best trip. It was easy. It was. It was so simple. Like everything went so smoothly. You know what, guys? Let's have a cookie and let's just celebrate how great that was. Thanks for helping me out at the store. And I mean, there's a difference, and we just have to be mm-hmm. real careful about mm-hmm. that. Sometimes the reward needs to be the actual outcome of what you've done also. So as an example, kind of going through my head is the kind of the idea of the same thing. is like, I'll give you a cookie if you clean your room. 
right? It's like no, <laughs> clean your room, and the yeah, reward is you get a, you get a, it doesn't it feels better to have a clean room. It the, feels the better di- to have organ. You know, the difference is you can buy your own box of cookies and just reward <laughs> there yourself. There you go, you can do that. But it, but it's the same thing. It's like you know natural consequences, right? It's just yeah. like as your kids get older, my kids get older. It's like you know do your laundry. Well, I don't want to do my laundry. Well, the reward is you're not going to be going to school as a stinky kid. Right. Like you're not going to be the one that's like, you know, it's like I'm just saying it's like yeah. sometimes the reward is actually the yeah. benefit of what you're doing. Right. It's, it's not necessarily like I'm going to go above and beyond. Sometimes we got to teach our kids don't always seek for the extra reward. Right. Sometimes the, the reward is just doing what the outcome of what you did. Well, mm-hmm. because and, that's what needs to happen. And I, when I say reward there, too, sometimes what 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 that ends up being is is we bribe. Right. Yeah. Like, like if you'll behave, yeah. this is what you'll get for behaving when no, 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 no. If you behave, um, good for you. I told you to behave and you should honor <laughs> and obey me. Right. You don't honor and obey me because it gets you something. Right. Yeah. You honor and obey because that's the call. Just yeah. like with God, we honor and obey God. Why? Because he's God. Well, it's yeah. kind of, when you think of rewarding also the bribery stuff, it's just, again, I want to teach my kids. So we, we do the, the, you know, here's your allowance. Here's your, what you need to do to get your allowance. But at the same time, I want to raise kids that – I want my kids eventually to do things and not after they do that walk with their hand out. Right. Because I want them to realize it's not all – and we do that yeah. with God too, though. It's like, God, I came to church this Sunday. Now mm-hmm. what are you going to give me? Yeah. Or, you know, I served it's this week. It's such a twisted mm-hmm. view of the gospel. It yeah. just makes everything wrong. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's what we said on Sunday, right? Yeah. Parenting is nothing short of the gospel lived out over and over yeah. and over and yeah. over and over again. And so discipline has to be a part of the strategy. So those are some things that are dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. So what are, what are some useful you know, discipline strategies? Well, what should we be doing? Okay, so first off, I'm going to say Pastor this. us. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> I, I think we should be spanking our kids. <laughs> I mean, I, I, no matter what age, 35, no, well, no, no, you go at it. I didn't say that. Like, I, I will say this. Like, um, Riley, we adopted Riley when she was 10. I never spanked Riley. There were times that I thought, sure. oh, I should. Yeah, I wish you'd have lived in my house because I didn't. <laughs> But, but at 10, I felt like, you know, my, my, yeah, 13, right. 16, too, too old for that. Um, but certainly when they were younger, that was an active part of our discipline strategy. Look, Proverbs says this, 1324, whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Proverbs equates the rod, <laughs> I mean, physical discipline mm-hmm. to disciplining your children. Those are synonymous in the book of Proverbs. And I think that if we are really honest with ourselves, let's look. I mean, our generation um, of kids, you know, and and yours maybe are are a little younger, but ours at Riley's age, that's Mm -hmm. the first generation that by and large was not spanked Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. society went and said, well, if you, if you, if you use spanking, if you teach them physical then they'll act that way in the rest of the world, and that's a terrible way to be. Mm-hmm. But our generation, mm-hmm. spanking was still pretty common. Well, well, listen, so the first generation that we said you can't spank them is by and large the first generation that's gone off the rails in terms of respect and that's authority and discipline yeah. and, and, and violence. And so mm-hmm. it's like you, you can't – I mean, I, I get the logic – that yeah. says, oh, if you spank them, you got to be careful. You'll teach them that violence is the answer. But mm-hmm. it falls apart. It falls apart. One, biblically, we talk about it. Two, we see it sociologically in society. The first generation to really go off the rails um, in terms of just violence and disrespect is the first generation that we decided we had to be hands off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. I, I think spanking under the right circumstances 
is absolutely biblical and effective. And I'll tell you, the right circumstances um, are critical in that. So one, you can't ever do it because you're angry. Mm-hmm. And you don't do it because you get to three, mm-hmm. right? When you count one, two, three. No, I mean, here's the thing. When, when we used to spank our kids, and we're not perfect. We made mistakes in this all the time. But when we used to spank our kids, it was very simply because the, the rule they broke, the sin they committed, warranted that response. Not because they'd done it three times, not because I'd already told them to quit, not because I was getting frustrated, uh, but because you know what? The rule you broke, you flat looked at me in the face and you told me a lie. I don't Mm -hmm. care if it was the first time or the third time. That's a rule you don't get to break. So that required that that level of response. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was never out of anger, but it was Mm -hmm. in, I need to drive that folly out of you and I need to replace it with the wisdom that you are honest Um, And so I I think we we just, we can't do it in anger, right? And we can't do it um, because we're frustrated or because they've broken too many rules in one day. It's just simply a matter of, look, you made this mistake. This is the response, you know? And and I think if you, we we know some people that are so angry, they struggle with anger. Sure. Um, and, And I would say this, well, I think spanking is biblical and I think it's a primary tool that God gives us for discipline. If you are someone that struggles to keep your anger in check, then that tool is not for you to use. Mm, yeah. um, I mean, that's, that's just yeah. that's just not a tool for you to use. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I because because that's a line we can't cross yeah. um, to to be abusive. So I don't want anybody to think we're advocating for that, but but that's the case. So so did you guys use that as a tool for your kids? Um, oh man, I feel like I'm a bad example just because because you used to you beat know, well, Neil when you were angry. <laughs> yes. Well, when he was young, um, I was not a Christian, mm-hmm. um, and you know at the time I wasn't with his dad, and so it was this back and forth stuff. Um, I don't think either of us were consistent sure. with how we disciplined. Second, I had no clue what I was doing because I was only 21 when I had Anil. Um, but I think for me, anyways, on my end, I was scared that it would get used against me type of thing. And so it, sure. was, it was just a really yeah. hard place to be, um, you know. And, and looking back, I can see very clearly places where I should have done this differently or, or that differently. Um, so, yeah, that would pr- probably be one of my questions for you, too, is for the parents out there that have older kids who haven't, you know, granted we've all made mistakes, but for those of us who just definitely weren't nailing it <laughs> early on, you know, I know it's not too late, and so what are some things we can be doing, which we can address that later, too. Yeah, well, actually, I'll just say this. That's that's the entirety of next week's sermon. Perfect. Uh, next week's sermon is, is Parenting Prodigals, mm-hmm. um, and that will include our, our teenage kids mm-hmm. or our young adult kids who, they're not actively rebelling, right. but they certainly didn't get the benefit of right. the upbringing that we wish they'd had. And mm-hmm. so that is that is going to be a good chunk good of what deal. we deal with I'll next be Sunday. seriously taking notes. Good. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, spanking is one thing. Is that? Uh, we didn't use it a whole lot sure. just because our girls... I I could probably count on one hand how many times I've yeah. spanked yeah. both of them together. Uh, one of the reasons is, and some might see this a little bit different, I, w- I always took the approach with my daughters that I want my daughters to know I love them, I want them to, to know that they're, I'm always there for them. But at the same time, it's going to sound a little weird, but uh, I've always wanted my daughters to also have that, that respectful fear of my position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So when my voice gets loud, 
Yep. And it's not always yes. perfect. Don't be wrong. They get, they get attitude and they get, you know, it was kind of like last night, you know, and I'm not saying they don't do it for, so moms out there, I know moms can be very disciplinary and, and, and my, my wife's great at it. She does a good job. But like last night, Piper, she's our, she's our drama queen. Um, for some reason <laughs> she was having another issue uh, taking a bath and I could hear her in there and she was getting re- and Amy kept telling you knock it off you stop mm-hmm. it not you know and she mm-hmm. kept and you know I come walking by and I stood behind Amy and, and and I looked at her and I looked at Piper and I snapped my finger I was like stop it now and it's because it's because the dad voice mm-hmm. is real yeah. I think that if my dad used that with me even today it would probably still instantly bring me to tears. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom could say the same yeah. thing a hundred times and have no effect yeah. on me. Because, and, and I think some people struggle with that. Parents struggle with that because they'll say things like, well, I don't want my, that relationship. Like, I do want, I want my kids to have a he- healthy fear of the position I hold because I, that's, I love them that much. It's like, I'm yeah. not their buddy. I'm yep. your dad. I, that is my job. Yep. And so no, if, I think that's if, good. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, yep. I, I think ultimately too, and that's one of these strategies that we use is that voice, right? Uh, moms should be able to use it as well, but certainly there is something about dads. It's, it's why God plans it that way, right? That, mm-hmm. that we support each other in, in, in a family unit, but um, rebuke. Rebuke is an effective disciplinary strategy. I mean, and, and sometimes we have to realize that when we're disciplining our children, sometimes it doesn't mean there has to be a punishment. Sometimes it's enough to, to correct. Sometimes it's enough to, to say, this is not acceptable. You must do different. A lot of times it's just the rebuke that we bring that is corrective in itself. That rebuke is enough to drive out folly. I remember, you know, from my own parents that there were times when I didn't need to be grounded just knowing that I had disappointed, knowing that I had broken the rule, knowing that I had stepped out of line and, and would deal with that rebuke of correction mm-hmm. is enough to say, okay, you know what? You're right, and I need to do better, and I'm going to do different. And, and sometimes that's enough. Timeouts, grounding, I think those are effective things. Basically, when we say that as the authority, we are going to restrict Right? We are going to impose um, as a level of discipline on you because we have the authority to do so. And I think you know the problem with where those fall apart is when we don't follow through as parents. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to be realistic. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't ground for a month because they did something wrong because that'll never happen. You know? <laughs> but but we, we do remove things. We do you know, give timeouts. We do those. And, and all of that's appropriate. And Again, the issue there is, though, as the authority, it's incumbent on us to step in and provide discipline. So, so I just have to say, I have to laugh as you say grounding, because some people, times we can struggle with that. Um, we live in a world now where a lot of kids are on phones and tablets and stuff like that. So I just want to give a, some encouragement to parents. Uh, you can definitely ground your kids from those things, even if they paid for them, right? I've heard this before. Like, I can't, like my daughter does that to me now. We gave her our old, uh, we gave our, our kids our old uh, cell phone. So my daughter's like, it's my phone. I'm like, oh, no, it is not. <laughs> and she's like, well, you gave it to me. I was like, fine, you can't charge it. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, my I still own, you know. No, you know so, what my so, parents used like to do? You know. I bought my own Nintendo. Yeah. Like, like the old Nintendo, like I bought it myself. I was so mm-hmm. excited. I bought it. 
Um, and then the first time I get grounded from it, I was like, it's mine. And they're yeah. like, yes, and the privilege of owning it will always be yours. <laughs> exactly. The privilege of using it, however, is something that we are yeah. not granting you yes. at this point in time. And as parents, like, we need oh, to know that. man. Yeah. As parents, we need to understand that. Yeah, I, right? I think I see so many – I just see we can get run over with that. Like, it's theirs, right? They paid for it. Or it was a gift to them. It's theirs. They're like, no, 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 no. It's in my house. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Everything that happens well, in this house – happens with picture. my authority. Well, and, and here's the deal. <laughs> yeah. There is nothing that they own that is, they are mine. That's right. Yeah. It's like, still like, mine. So, so everything <laughs> you have is in my world yes. <laughs> because you belong Which to me. Which is a picture of That's exactly our right. relationship yeah. with God. Everything you know? we have is God's. That's, yeah. why, you know, that's why I love it, the videos you'll see on TV. I, I wouldn't do this. I'd have to be really upset when you see the, the videos on YouTube of the dad that comes in with like the sledgehammer and just like <laughs> destroys the Xbox or something. Like that's an extreme. I mean, don't get me wrong, but but it, parents need to get that in our heads. Like, uh, there, there's no, yeah. nothing off the table. Well, You're my don't kid. destroy it. Take it to Goodwill. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. That's what we used to. We, we did that with Riley so many times when she's young. We're like, you know what? Hop in the car with us. Let's go. Get to Goodwill. Hey, put that in the donation bucket. There you go. And we'll go home. <laughs> like, yeah. that's just all there is to it. Nice. Uh, because, you know, we've asked you to put that away 12 times. Yeah. And it didn't work. And so now here's the discipline. It's just going away. Um, but... I think ultimately when it comes to these things, we just simply need to remember that um, we as parents are the authority in our kids' lives. We need to teach them discipline, and it's not just because it'll make our lives easier. We teach them discipline because as we do, we are painting them a picture of what God Mm -hmm. is like and how they respond to God because they're going to leave our houses— And they're not going to follow God just because we said so once when they were little, but because they've been trained up in it. And part of that is, how do I know that there's something bigger than me? And how do I know what it means to honor and obey and respect and follow? And so this is just too critical. That's why we say, like, train them up while there's still hope. Mm -hmm. Don't be a willing party Mm -hmm. to their death, right? Don't ruin their lives. Well, and I think that the the people that um, in our congregation that have older kids that are, have walked away from mm-hmm. the faith, you know, and they'll be the first ones to tell you, I think, too, is that it is so much harder when yeah. they are out of the house. And yeah. yeah, It's why I'm really looking forward to Sunday sermon. I really hope that I can bring, yeah. um, through God's word and, and the power of his spirit, I really hope that we can bring some hope yeah. and, and some strategy um, straight from God's word for those parents, because mm-hmm. I think that's so critical. So, so real quick, too, um, and this is just kind of in putting you guys on the spot. Do you have any uh, resources off the top of your head, books you've read, or things that you think might be helpful? For parenting? Yes. Oh, sure. It's, it's not necessarily a parenting book, but there was a it, – it is. It's um, – mm-hmm. They have the the five love languages book, but they have an edition for kids. Yeah, and, yeah. It's, and I think it's important to to get an understanding because the worst thing I think we can do as parents is when we approach our children like they're all the same. Right. Oh, um, yeah. Because one thing that disciplines Libby doesn't necessarily work for Piper, mm-hmm. and, and so it, it's important to know that. Um, so I, I think that's a great book. When you know I read it, it was. It was like, well, yeah, you know, kind of giving your, your children the, the benefit of being, you know. And then I was just thinking this before, and it's going to sound, you know, kind of, well, duh, but I think it needs to be said is um, parents, be reading Scripture with your kids. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah. sounds, it's not about a discipline. It is a discipline thing because it's, it's, that's, the, that's the book we're basing our, our discipline off of hopefully. Right. So be in the Bible with your kids. Yeah. Um, and not in a disciplinary way. Like, don't be like, <laughs> you know, don't like, Hey, I'm going to show you this passage that says I could stone you at the city, city gates. Because, <laughs> you know, it, it's not about that. It's you're investing. That's a pretty good one though. It is a good one, but, but you're investing the, the discipline of God into them because you're putting the word of God into them. And, and, and through that, um, you know, you're, 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 by doing that, we're saying, God, you are the ultimate teacher in all of this. The Holy Spirit is guiding yeah. them in discipline. So, yeah. and, and I, I don't know. I mean, you can't trump the Bible. Uh, I think Chip Ingram has, <laughs> no, you're good. That's, that's, that's a good word. Chip Ingram has, uh, 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 some books that are very helpful. Mm-hmm. There's I some think. studies on right now media too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like effective parenting in yeah. a, in a that's defective a really world. Good, good um, study. I think because it gets to the heart of the gospel issue. Yep. Uh, Les and Leslie Perot, who actually are going to be part of our our marriage. They have some good family parenting Mm -hmm. things. Um, And I think some of them are on Right Now Media as well. Um, But honestly, honestly, at this point, um, when it comes to resources, Mm -hmm. just read. Uh, Read scripture and read something by a trusted gospel evangelical author and you're going to be okay. I would trust just about anything by by Dobson. Yes. Um, Yep. You know, uh, and so... Um, I think those are good things to, to read and really it doesn't matter. Pick something up, start reading right. it because if you have, if you have a prayerful spirit and you're in scripture and you're reading these things, mm-hmm. you know what? God is going to honor that. Yeah. God is going to yeah. honor that. Last resource. It's not a book. <laughs> Learn from the people around you too. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the, the dumbest thing we do is it's like, I got this. I can pray. It's just like, listen, there's people around you that have 30, 40, 50, 60 years of parenting. Oh, I thought you were going to say kids. Like, that's absurd. <laughs> hey, some people might. I don't know. But I'm just saying, yeah. you, you know, the worst thing that we do is we don't actually open up and, and look for help and mm-hmm. look for wisdom and ask other people. Yeah. You know, I think it's finding somebody that we look at their kids and say, man, your, your kids resemble yeah. kind of what I hope my kids, you know, so let me go talk to you. And it's really weird because um, at the marriage small group I was a part of last time. Uh, we Scott and I found ourselves to be like the old couple in the group, which is a really weird place to be, you guys, <laughs> that that's happening. Oh, I've been there for um, a while. But it, I, I hope <laughs> that we were helpful because, you know, we were the ones that had older kids. And so we've been through a lot of the things that the, the people with younger kids were struggling with and going through. And so um, definitely yeah. is a huge resource. I would also say uh, I read a book, I think, last year by Elise Fitzpatrick called Give Them Grace, and that was a really, really good book, but just basically, like, uh, that we're not trying to just achieve good behavior from our kids, but just showing them um, the gospel, like Matt said on Sunday, but showing them that they need grace, and that we need grace, and and about God's grace, and uh, I would highly recommend that one. All right. I think it's good. So so I'm looking at the clock. I think we were... we're probably good 45 minutes in this yeah. one. Yep. So I, you know what, this is so critical though. This is such an important topic for parents. I hope that uh, people made it through um, to the end because. Of course they did. Cause it was that good. Yeah. yeah. Talking about <laughs> it just, it, it's so critical that we get this right. Yeah. Right. So. All right. Thanks for listening. Blessings.